Joan Hogan welcoming you to the Prairie Doc Radio Program. Today, Dr. Rick Holm and Joni Holm welcome Patrick Sigling to Brookings. Patrick is the new manager of the Avera Brookings Medical Clinic. We join the program in progress as Rick introduces Patrick Sigling. Welcome. You're, you've now been in Brookings for how long, Patrick? Uh, just about a month. And uh, you you hail from where originally? I hail from Redfield, South Dakota originally. Um, for the last six or so years, I've been up in uh, the Twin Cities in Minneapolis. And what were you doing there? Um, I was working, uh, I was a manager for a healthcare consulting firm called Accenture, where um, for um, um, while I was there, I spent a lot of time flying around the country helping organizations uh, like Avera respond to uh, the constant change that's happening in healthcare. So I got to see a lot of different organizations, um, see a lot of different cities, a lot of different uh, problems that uh, organizations were working to solve. So it was, uh, it was a great experience, but at the end of the day, um, it, was, uh, it was an easy decision to come back home to, uh, to South Dakota and Avera. That so, brings a, a real depth, though, and I, I'm learning as uh, the audience is learning because you've seen a lot, and whereas we've been in one clinic and have a little bit of blinders on, so I think that's an advantage for us and for, for Brookings to be able to have you here. So Absolutely. Terrific. Well, we're, of the three major problems that people were wrestling with, uh, of course, you're going to say electronic medical records, but I'm but I'm going to ask you what would your what would your my guess is electronic medical records. What is what has what do you see as the three major uh, problem areas that clinics generally have to deal? Um, sure. So I think um, you kind of uh, touched on a piece of it, but one of the big things would be you know the digitization of everything. Everything's going on computers, medical records, um, you know, everything our day-to-day -day basis is now either done um, on our phones or our computers. And um, that is a huge shift in the way that medical care is delivered. And I think ultimately that's going to be um, a, uh, it's certainly going to be a positive thing, but our journey as we get there um, is, uh, is rocky at times, but we're getting there. Um, I also think in healthcare, you're seeing um, patients and healthcare consumers become a lot more empowered where they want to take control of their own healthcare. They want uh, information. They want to seek out second opinions. They want all the information that they can get their hands on. Um, and that's really been a shift of saying, how do you um, meet consumers um, where they're at? How do you provide the care that they want when they want it? How do you give them the information that they want? Um, and I think that that has been uh, the big shift. Um, and I mean, and thirdly, the big things that uh, we see is uh, dealing with all of the regulations that come with healthcare reform and the shifts that happening there. There's, uh, um, we could dedicate hours on the radio to talking about all the changes that need to take place with healthcare reform, and we're uh, we're in the midst of those changes now. My thought would be that if you, if I were the government, and I was looking at people receiving care, and everything was third-party payer. Everything was coming from the government itself paying for it or all these other sources and the patient who's going to want to get as much as they can get because that's not human nature and of course you're going to want the most you can get. Then you're going to need to regulate because the doctors are going to try to get the most that they can make. The patient's going to get the most care that they can make. The third party uh, uh, payers are out there and so somebody needs to regulate and make sure that quality is being provided mm -hmm. and not somebody making making off with a bunch of dough for very little mm -hmm. I mean, um, but if it were the old way where it was between the doctor and the patient and there were not third-party payers out here and there weren't all these other things and the patient had their choices they picked what they got 
they had reasonable price prices on drugs, reasonable prices on on things, and the pay and the payer was the patient. Um, and they had then you would have you wouldn't have to have so much regulation. Mm-hmm. The regulation is coming as a result of the third party mm-hmm. and all of the human nature that comes in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm, so I am eager to let the patient have power and let the people who are dealing with the patient care be more the patient and the doctor or the healthcare system than it be all these other parties in between. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's and and as you say, that's the trend now, is that it's going back to empower the patient. I think that's a great thing. Anything I can do to enhance that, I'm going to do that. And I think you see, you see a lot of that with the growth in popularity of the high deductible health plans, where um, uh, patients are willing to pay more up front to have that sort of choice. You know, it comes back to the old adage of. Uh, uh, when you look at your homeowner homeowner's insurance, that doesn't necessarily cover you if you need a new couch, for example, in your home. Um, but it does cover you if something catastrophic happens. Yep. Right. Um, and you're seeing that sort of trend and that sort of consumerism hit healthcare exactly where it's, you know, the office visits um, and uh, the efforts that I take to keep myself healthy. Um, I'll pay for those out of pocket. But what I really need coverage for is those catastrophic events. And you're seeing, you know, a shift to more of those plans more and more. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, the, my only reaction to that, and then we should take the break. My only reaction to that and I'll have you respond to this, is that that means that the cardiac surgeon gets paid from the third-party payer. You know, the guy who does the big procedures, you know, who has the, uh, who generally is the highest paid physician, they get the money. The, per- the person who's out there sometimes sweating bullets, making, uh, on the f- very front line, in the, in the uh, trenches, um, uh, they're going to have to, to uh, they're the ones who get paid uh, depending upon the patient's choice. And, and, uh, and so I, you know, I'm all for what you're saying. The highly deductible sounds make sense to me. But wh- where if the system is going to try to find a way to control costs, it's not going to be uh, squeezing the, the small dollar guy on the front line it's going to be i think by saying no we won't pay for all that chemotherapy because this chemotherapy has not been proven no we won't pay for the whole nine yards for the deluxe super cardiac bypass from this group we might want to go with this other group and in my sense that's where the money is now i have your response but we got to go to break pretty soon sounds good looking forward to it (laughs) Okay, we'll take our first break. I'll remind you that this is Prairie Doc Radio. We'd like your calls at 692-1430, and we'll be right back. Hi, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Thank you for listening to us. We have Dr. Rick Holman's studio, and our guest today is Patrick Siegling, who's the clinic manager at the Avera Brookings Medical Clinic. So we were just, uh, summarize your question, Rick, in case people are just arriving. Well, I was just... I was just philosophizing about the fact that a deductible method does not necessarily save as much money as we think it will. It doesn't push on the high-end people who are overcharging. It squeezes the small guy, the people we need a whole lot more of, which is the, the person who's dealing one-on-one daily with the patient and is the primary care provider and cares about that person as their, should be their overseer. And, and you're the guy who will be helping 
coordinate that charge. Mm-hmm. Um, so comments. You're, uh, he's yeah, so I, I think a couple things, and, and the first thing that I'd like to highlight is one of the um, really innovative things that we're doing um, here um, at Avera and Brookings is, uh, and I think that they'll be on a future radio program, is the uh, coordinated care model. Yes, next week. Um, and so I think that what that does is that goes to shift um, the old way of medicine and fee-for-service of saying, um, um you know, doing as much as you can. I think that that's the old way. We're in the new model um, and something we're working with coordinated care here in Brookings um, is where uh, you work to take care of the whole person and you really empower teams um, around the patient with the physicians, the nurses, the social workers to make sure that that patient is um, well taken care of in all aspects of their health. Um, And I think that that will... um, that will reward people in this system for keeping their patients healthy, um, keeping them out of the hospital when we can. Um, and I think that that's the right way to deliver medicine. And then of course, um, uh, on the backside, when they do need hospitalization and do me- need that more specialized care, um, that uh, we can deliver that as the, the best that we can. I love this. I mean, people don't realize the value of this. I mean, Joni's the one who's Who's who said to me, my gosh, Rick, have you have you utilized these people yet? And I I hadn't indeed, and she'd been uh, doing this. Tell me your take on it, Joni. Well, we need to save for next week since they're coming. But I had a personal relationship with Erin, whose last name I can't remember right now, because she worked for Casa, and so I knew when she started working as our social worker that we had a winner. What is Casa? Casa is court appointed special agents. Our advocacy and it's uh, she was a social worker that helped with children who had were out of their homes in different kinds of placements and so she coordinated their care but she has since moved to the Vera Brookings Medical Clinic and she is a fantastic person and we'll learn more about it next week but you know I like the fact that it it enhances the the total care of the patient versus the segmented care that you're talking about, Rick, where someone runs and gets an ultrasound or goes and gets a MRI. And this brings it down to let's look at all of the needs. I mean, you t- talk about a diabetic, you know, you're not going to win on controlling their blood sugar when their life is a mess. The, they can't, their, their, their relationship evicted. is falling apart. They're, they're going to the bar because they're all, you know, they don't have support from their partner or they eat the worst food in the world because they don't know how to, cook because they don't the cook they had is gone now or whatever it might be but I mean you know a person's life and their social situation really means a lot more to a person um, uh, and you're going to affect better health care for that person when you have a handle on that or you're able to help them with that Yep. And I think that a lot of the trends we're seeing, I think what makes the future really bright for healthcare um, is shifting from a model that rewards people for doing things to a model that rewards people for keeping patients healthy. Right. And I really, that is bingo right Mm -hmm. on the mark. Uh, It's just that how do you do you, how can you pay them uh, for that? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's it. Now that's, that's his, his job. Right. But my, also I concern myself. uh, I, I'm concerned about the future of primary care, medical care physicians and uh, and nurse practitioners, PAs, making sure that they're doing uh, the very best care and uh, that the trends are to pay them if they follow protocols, protocols my, many of whom are, which have been 
uh, coordinated by pharma and doctors who are paid by pharma. And so, I mean, protocols, we've got to be very, and this is, you know, sh I'm giving you shots of the things that are on the top of my mind, <laughs> protocols that we need to, to push primary care uh, providers into to define quality should not be add another drug. And the other is that the protocols should be, uh, you, we shouldn't just necessarily use protocols as a measurement of quality. Mm -hmm. And I, I completely agree. I think one of the biggest things that still need to be worked out is how do you define high quality care? I think all of us have an idea of, in our heads of what high quality care is, but we need to get to a point where we can uh, all agree on what those quality measures are um, and how we measure uh, our, our providers against them. What do you, okay, Johnny? We need to take a break, and then I would like to ask Patrick about things he'd like to talk about with the clinic. What What are you seeing? What would you like to talk to the public about? But Bob, can we uh, rem will remind our viewers, our listeners, that this is KBRK fourteen thirty. You can call us at six nine two fourteen thirty, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Uh, Rick, you were going to start with another subject with well, our, last our guest. Night, yeah, yeah. Last night uh, we we uh, were together uh, recruiting a new physician to the town, working our best to try to recruit a physician to the town. And one of the things that we always need to do when we're recruiting is to, and probably our best recruiting tool is quality of this community and this place in the country, you know. Um, I, you know, I think there are people who want to go to San Francisco or they want to live in, you know, Miami or they want to live in, you know, New York City for various reasons in the sun and so on and so forth. But um, I think there's some things about our community that are just really great recruiting tools. And I throw it at you because you just got recruited here. So I what's did. your take on this community? I did. Um, well... Coming from, uh, you know, I lived in uh, Redfield, the town of about 2,500 people, um, and then I've lived in Minneapolis with about 2 million, um, and I've lived in every place in between, and I can honestly say that the, uh, uh, the decision to come to Brookings was, was a er very easy one. Um, the best way I would like to describe it is that it's got all the uh, big town amenities, but still that small town feel. Um, it's anywhere, anything that you need in town, there's a great chance that you can find it um, right here in town. If you want to go out to a great restaurant, have a great meal um, with, uh, with your family, you have that options. But at the same time, um, when you're walking down Main Street or you know into the hardware store, there's a, a great chance that you're going to run into somebody that you know and you're able to talk to them, which was a, a, a huge draw. Um, I think, um, again, as, a, as an outsider coming to town, just the amount of economic growth that's happening in Brookings right now um, is really, I would say, um, unparalleled across the state. You look at uh, all the different manufacturers in town that are adding jobs. Um, you know, the incredible successes that the schools have had in town. Um, it's really great. I think that the future is very bright in Brookings, and I think you can see that uh, all around town. And then just, uh, for me personally, the opportunities for young families. You look at uh, the school system, you look at the children's museum, you look at the bike paths, all of those just make Brookings a great place for, uh, for young families, and that was part of the draw. And I'd like to think that our health care system is, is a, a draw in the town. We've got an excellent couple of clinics where our hospital is superb. Uh, so people can stay home for their health care unless they are referred out because of a special need. But otherwise, we've got 
a nice base for them. I keep thinking about when I was in Atlanta and somebody got sick in inner Atlanta or, you know, peripheral Atlanta. They'd hop in a, in a, um, in a uh, ambulance. ambulance and they'll get to that place and they'll get to the emergency room and they'll get to the bypass surgery room and about the same time we can get them from here to the bypass surgery mm -hmm. room. I mean, we have quick access. The internet is, a, I mean, the interstate is, a, is not that far away from the most critical kind of surgical emergency space that you can get in the country. And so, I mean, maybe not as very fast, but pretty darn close. Mm -hmm. And you would, you would see that. So even um, at the clinic, we receive uh, uh, feedback from patients quarterly um, and things that they, uh, they say in anonymous surveys about the clinic. And um, one of the things that I see over and over is how important it is to provide good health care close to home um, and how important that is to, uh, to the folks in this area. Um, and uh, at Avera Brookings, that's one of the things we, we pride ourselves on. We're, we're going to do our best to take care of you here locally, um, even with uh, the outreach physicians um, uh, for uh, oncology coming up uh, from Sioux Falls here um, is a great service that we like to provide here and I think that that's one of the things we we pride ourselves on is being able to provide that uh, um, that great health care close to home. I'm not sure that the clinic or, or the hospital ever probably promote or, or toot their own horn, I suppose, on, on all those great things. But to be able to have chemotherapy at the Brookings Clinic, you know, once you've set up with your oncologist, but to not drive two hours to get that infusion, that's big. And we have that available. And, and so for if you don't know about that. And, of course, dialysis in our community as well. So there are lots of things that happen, can happen in Brookings and don't have to take place in the bigger communities. Yep. We fought hard to get that dialysis. Mm -hmm. I want you to know there was a long <laughs> struggle for we that. We have a great mammogram machine at our clinic. And you know what? Thank you to Dave Johnson. I should shout out to uh, the hospital administrator for uh, the Brookings Hospital. That's what it was named those many years ago. You know, and he fought hard. I mean, he, um, I, I, Scotty Roberts fought hard for the right thing too. And I have to say that it was probably Scotty Roberts who got it more than anything else. So anyway, just the history of this uh, community and the health care that's gone on. Um, uh, I was thinking about Scotty Roberts the other uh, other day. and uh, Many of our listeners remember Scotty. Scotty uh, and Bruce Lushbaugh. Bruce is alive. Scotty is no longer alive, but Bruce is alive. And I mean, I think about some of the people, you know, the, the Dick Wakes in the world. Uh, the, those are doctors that were here before that, um, you know, really... Their heart was for the right thing, do the right thing, help our community do the right thing. And, you know, you get enough like-minded people like that, and, uh, you, know, the, you know, the results resound years later, and they're still resounding, you know what I mean? Those little things, so. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what other things do you think people need to know about our clinic and about your job that we should highlight here? Um, sure. I think the one thing, the one great thing is anybody who's uh, driven on 22nd Avenue has likely seen the construction that's taking place at the hospital um, and uh, right next door to the clinic. And I'd just like to say that uh, the partnership um, between uh, Avera Brookings and Brookings Health System uh, is incredibly strong. Um, and you'll see that with the new construction, the new focus on putting the patient first um, across the board. I think that, uh, again, the, the future of uh, the two organizations 
organizations partnering together is going to uh, is going to uh, meet and even exceed, I would say, the expectations of the Brookings residents as far as healthcare goes. So you know the clinic. You know the years ago, the people always thought that either the hospital was owned by the clinic or the clinic was owned by the hospital, and of course they were not never, and they still aren't. Uh, but they have joined uh, in many ways. In a in a part of it has to do with billing uh, uh, systems, uh, but. Uh, just uh, how would you put the fact that we work together? Uh, sure. So I would, uh, without getting into uh, the legal lease of, uh, of joint ventures and uh, that sort of thing, it is. It's a, a very strong partnership. Um, we are linked uh, as one um, with the the clinic and uh, and and uh, Brookings Health System and the hospital. And I think that uh, again, the whole the whole purpose there is to you know put patients first, do what's best for the patients, and that's really the root of uh, that partnership to make sure we can provide great care across the board. There's the hospital is building a clinic uh, office space that will be in the front of the hospital and Avera is going to be remodeling the clinic. Explain a little bit of that. Sure. So uh, the hospital is building a new a medical office building, um, which uh, some of uh, our physicians will be moving over there. Um, and then shortly after that, we're currently uh, under uh, um, a deep analysis to determine what the needs are of the clinic. So um, uh, we know that the, the building is somewhat dated. We know that it needs to be updated in many ways. Um, and we're looking at that now, uh, figuring out uh, what's, the, what's the best way that we can meet the needs of the patients. Um, and hopefully sometime uh, this spring or summer, we'll have a firm idea of what, uh, uh, what we'll be doing and we can let, uh, let the listeners know exactly what our plans are. Right. Certainly as longtime residents, Rick and I have heard concerns about the aesthetics of the clinic and I like to think that the care is has maintained a high level but there is something to that that when you go into the clinic it feels dated and you know maybe the carpet isn't perfectly <laughs> uh, you know as clean as you'd like to see so there there is a, a, a nice feeling I think on the staff's part that this is an up-and-coming aspect and so uh, those of you listening who have thought that about the clinic hang on don't give up on us we're we're getting there and we're going to maintain our good care yes change change is coming the the care is and always has been top-notch the people there um you know it's just a feeling of admiration from me for the work that the physicians and the nurses and everybody is doing in the clinic. And so now the biggest question that I'm, I, I'm asking myself is how can we update the facilities to reflect the great care that's being given there? Right. So uh, let's talk a little bit about recruitment, Patrick. What, uh, what do you see is coming as far as recruitment in, uh, uh, in new physicians in the, in the coming years? Sure. So um, we're uh, we're always recruiting. Um, again, one of uh, I like to say that we have a, a a good problem in the clinic and that we're running out of space. Um, we're uh, uh, we're growing. We're adding new physicians. Um, you know, we're always looking to add. Uh, uh, to the specialties that we have, um, which include uh, um, uh, OB, um, ortho, um, and several other specialties right now that we're actively recruiting for. And, and uh, we saw a new OBGYN potential person last night. Yes, oh. yes. And we've got family physician uh, person coming. And an internist coming. And an internist that we have nailed. We have for sure what, co what coming. Yep, um, and so uh, we have a new internal medicine um, physician joining us this fall, and then uh, Dr. Next Evans, her hus her dad, 
is the golf pro at the country her, club. Her mom is in town. Her as mom well. is in town. Bev yep. Ted. Okay. And Shout out. Yep. And then uh, next fall, we'll be adding a new uh, family medicine physician. That's great. So those are the for sures that we have, and we're recruiting. We saw a new OBGYN last night. Um, her and her husband are from uh, the south of Nebraska area, right? Yep, that's correct. Currently living in Nebraska, but from South Dakota originally. Yeah. So they're they're like me, looking forward to uh, to coming home. You you think we have a pretty good chance that that person? Can I hope so. I hope uh, so. I think so. You too. know what? I think I would um, speak for many people in town. It sure would be nice to have a dermatologist. Any any. Uh, but he interested there? <laughs> <laughs> kind of hard to get that all, all by themselves. Oh, I, mean, you know, I think be, they'd be plenty busy. Oh, yeah. But, uh, and of course, uh, mm. the, uh, anyway, there's a lot of potential <laughs> specialists that we could have. There's and no we do have specialists that come in from Sioux Falls, so that's terrific, that people's needs can be met. Right, and we have internists. Uh, I'm happy to say that I was the first internist in our state or in our our city, board certified. There, were, but Scotty Roberts was here, and he was a self-made internist, as you would, as we used to say. Uh, a lot of the doctors when I moved into town had done an internship, and then been practicing since. In fact, Doctor uh, uh, Henry had done a one-year internship, and became this surgeon. Uh, that was well known all around and well respected and very well respected because he was so good and nowadays there's a, another five years they had yeah. of that training <laughs> so we have to so send a shout out to dr johnson and dr wee for their great care oh, they give the we certainly are very happy with the the surgical skills that we have in That's town right so uh in summary, I mean, uh, I know you have a list of things that you want to go down that list. Is, list. is there anything in particular that you want to make sure that uh, we tell people about? Well, you, you know, I think we just um, uh, covered most of it. I think the, the biggest thing to say is that um, I truly don't think um, uh, ever in my life I've come across a more selfless group of people than we have at Avera Brookings. Um, on, uh, on Monday morning, I was uh, meeting with the physician um, who spent uh, all Sunday working the working in the ER to save the lives of uh, of uh, patients that come through those doors, and um, you know quickly had to turn around and work Monday morning and see a full clinic. And I think that uh, um, my when I see that it just it it fills me up in seeing the work that goes on in the Brookings Clinic. I mean, you see. Um, all the way from in this latest blizzard, you see our nurses walking patients uh, out to their cars. You see um, our referral specialists fighting with insurance companies to get MRIs approved. And you just uh, see all of that. And I, and I uh, truly could say that I could not be in a more rewarding career at a more fantastic place than Avera Brookings. And I'll echo what an honor it is to work with these people. No question about it. Welcome on board, Patrick. Yes, we're, we're very so happy glad to, to have, have you. you. Yes. So, Thank yeah. you. Thank you our, to our listeners, and we hope that uh, if you have medical needs, you'll give the Avera Medical Clinic a call. We'll be happy to help you in whatever way we can. Um, our website gives our hours and information about our providers, so you can always look at the um, Avera Clinic website. And you can get into the patient portal and look up at your own records and the progress notes of the doctors and the whole nine yards. We, 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 we like it. Thank you very much, Patrick, Joni, Bob, and stay healthy out there. The program tomorrow night. The program tomorrow night is wow. patient 
uh, elder abuse. It's going to be fabulous. We've got Thank you, wonderful, uh, wonderful guests, and uh, we, we've been interacting with the chief justice and the ju- and three justices. I've been internet internet <laughs> interneting with justices, our our uh, Supreme Court justices for the state of South Dakota on this show. So it'll be great. And it's a subject that's very unfortunate to think about, but uh, everyone needs to learn about. So we that, do encourage everyone to, to tune in tomorrow night at seven o'clock for how to prevent, On Call with Prairie Duck. Yeah, how to prevent people from being, how to prevent yourself from getting uh, uh, cheated. Yeah, financial abuse. That's the major thing we'll probably talk about. So great. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you and stay healthy out there, people.